Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It's the 31st of July. Jan Fran is here. Jan, it's time to talk about Karen. She's a doll, she's a queen, she's a tantalizing teen, and Karen is her name. <laughs> what a gem of a tune that we found Googling tune. songs about Karen yesterday, of which there are many, by the way. Are we talking about Bunnings Karen? Are we talking about Brighton Karen? Or are we just talking about any Karen? Like this one. We've had a lot of concern from friends reaching out. She's had a tough week by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to give you the real backstory on where the Karen label or the Karen meme comes from. My aunts and my grandmother used to call women uh, who acted out in the manner of the Karen. Back in the day, they used to call them Miss Anne. So Karen's got a bit of a rich history. More about that in just a moment. First, let's get the big stories of the day. Three Queensland women who returned to the state from Melbourne and brought the coronavirus with them have been charged with fraud. Queensland Police Commissioner Katrina Carroll says that the women lied about where they had been to skip the mandatory quarantine. They went to extraordinary lengths to be deceitful and deceptive and, quite frankly, criminal in their behaviour, and that is what has put the community at risk. So the trio, uh, two of them 21 and one of them 19, have been charged with fraud, which carries a maximum five-year prison sentence. Two of the group tested positive to the virus and are under police guard in hospital. Yeah, now they were named, they had their images splashed all over the press. The Queensland Chief Health Officer has come out and said that, you know, she doesn't condone naming and shaming and there are a lot of questions around the ethics of that because they are quite young, they're obviously quite sick, their medical records have now been disclosed to the nation and I think they're the only coronavirus patients to be outed, so to speak. Yeah, and this this will stay on their internet record for years, like when they go to get a job in the future, this will be known about them. Mm. Um, they made big mistakes, but yeah, they, they are quite young. Um, their brother has spoken to a current affair in this very intense call and said the way they're being treated is because of their race. If someone else did this, yeah, that wasn't of colour, y'all would be protecting them, y'all be doing all of this just because we black, y'all want to run, run all the way to the media talking all of this yeah, I don't think I'm that's... Telling you, don't, don't, nah, shut the f*** up. Don't ever pull my phone, bro. Yeah, intense stuff there. Let's hope the girls recover. People still going to work when they're sick are being blamed for another record day in Victoria with 723 new cases and 13 deaths. We will not get businesses reopened and we will not see many businesses survive for so long as people continue to go to work when they are unwell. Dan Andrews there. Now... Things were looking a little bit promising. The day before, Victoria recorded 295 corona cases, so it appeared to be sort of on a downward trajectory. I was liking that too. This number is, you know, very concerning, and there are some restrictions now in Melbourne and the Mitchell Shire that are being expanded all over the state. We have now been in this lockdown now for some weeks, and uh, we are not getting the results we would hope for. And uh, as a result, the further measures that are taken are, are certainly necessary. So the Prime Minister there, from midnight Sunday, everyone in the state of Victoria will have to wear a mask if they leave their home. Yeah, and you can understand why they've toughened restrictions, given that Victoria is midway through its lockdown The experts say that you're supposed to be seeing some kind of an impact two weeks into the lockdown. It's been three and they've had this horror of a day yesterday. And here is a picture of 2020 for you. The heads of the biggest tech companies in the world copping a grilling by US Congress via video conference for having too much power. Yeah, Facebook, Apple, Amazon and Google 
are all facing tougher government regulations, including some calls that may be broken up because they're just getting too big. Here is US Congressman David Cicilline explaining some of the government's concerns. Whether they control access to information or to a marketplace, these platforms have the incentive and ability to exploit this power. They can charge exorbitant fees, impose oppressive contracts, and extract valuable data from the people and businesses that rely on them. Mark Zuckerberg responded by saying they've got a solid set of core principles, and if they're pushed out of the market, someone worse could take over. These are fundamental values for most of us, but not for everyone in the world. Not for every company we compete with or the countries they represent. And as global competition increases, there is no guarantee that our values will win out. Not that convincing. No, it sounds like a better the devil you know argument, (laughs) right? It's like, well, we're bad, but someone else might be worse. Um, You know, it's a pretty historic kind of meeting, I guess, that you get... Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, Sundar Pichai, who's uh, from Google, and Tim Cook from Apple, these massive, massive uh, heads of companies, all in the one place, I guess, all in the one video conference, answering sort of very similar questions. Yeah, pretty strong Zoom session. Yeah, pretty strong Zoom session there. Um, The US president, however, has got another tech company in mind. We're looking at TikTok. We're thinking about making a decision. We're going to be watching the hearings today very closely. That chopper's pretty loud today, isn't it? Loves to talk in front of a helicopter, that man. Yeah, so that's a strategic move to make himself look strong. Does oh. it all the time. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's, but, a, that's a deliberate thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a coincidence that every third time he speaks is in front of is, a chopper. Yeah. He's, just, he's just got one on the go in the garage, like, whip it out. We're doing a press conference. In a moment, we're going to talk about Karen. Um, Matt and Alex on their podcast have been talking about Karen as well. Um, we're going to give you a fairly in-depth history of where this label has actually come from culturally. They've done it quite differently on their Thursday episode. Not all Karens cut their hair with harsh blonde highlights. No, not all Karens are Karens. Oh, no, not all Karens. So they're clearly defending Karens with a beautiful song from Alex Dyson. (laughs) There's a lot of truth there. Not all Karens cut their hair. With blunt instruments, that's true. And not all Karens are from Brighton or refuse to wear masks at Bunnings either. Look, Uh, our conversation's a little bit different, I'm going to say. Absolutely. Um, Check out Matt and Alex. It is a great podcast. It's available daily as well, just like this one. We'll be talking Karen in just a moment. Hello. Hey, Karen, it's Tom and Jan here from The Briefing. How's it going? Thanks Good. for joining us, Karen, and representing your people who've had a bit of a week <laughs> this week. What's it been like to be Karen lately? Lately? Um, well, I can tell you I've had a lot of concern from friends reaching out saying that they just think it's not fair. So that's been kind. They uh, have been saying, this is so unfair. I don't understand why your name is being <laughs> pulled through the mud. It's, it just doesn't like it doesn't seem right. doesn't fit your personality. So it's very sweet of them, but I have luckily um, developed some pretty tough skin of late and uh, I'm not too bothered by it, but it is, it is a bit sad having grown up hating my name for the 
majority of my life because of this old lady kind of connotation to now have it dragged even further through the mud is just the cherry on the top. Well, as you can hear, it has been a bit of a strange time for Karens. Many Australians were horrified by Bunnings Karen. I actually don't need a medical certificate if you refer you to the DH. No, I'm allowed to do this. That's and you're discriminating. Last week it was Karen from Brighton. He gets sick of walking the same streets. I, you know, I've done, I've done all of Brighton. And on a more serious note, in May, there was Central Park Karen, a white woman who called the cops on a black guy for no good reason. There is an African-American man. I am in Central Park. He's recording me threatening myself and my dog. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. So the Karen label has mostly been used in the US as a way of calling out entitled white women who are sort of used to getting their way and also tend to police the behaviour of others. It's been used for a while now on social media, but look, you know something has crossed over into the mainstream when it's talked about on breakfast television by Carl Stefanovic. Welcome back to the show. Bunnings, Karen, looks to be at it again. Okay, so let's find out what this label Karen really means by going back to where it started. Andre Brock is a professor of media studies at Georgia Tech Uni in the US. Andre, what does this meme mean and where does it come from? So (laughs) the meme is longstanding. Um, Minoritized communities have always had to find ways to uh, critique and work with people who are in power over them. Uh, And America, the black community in particular, has had a contentious relationship uh, with white women in particular, because white women occupy this really interesting uh, liminal position where they don't really have as much power in white society, but they can exercise an extraordinary amount of power over people who are not part of that society. And so black people had to come up with ways to try to identify folk who Uh, would uh, exercise that power in ways that were either unfair or capricious or both, right? And so my aunts and my grandmother used to call women uh, who acted out in the manner of the Karen, uh, back in the day, they used to call them Miss Anne, right? And so it's, it's a subtle thing. It's respectful at once, but it's also a a hashtag almost, a a phrase that stands in for a particular type of behavior enacted by a particular type of person that usually is unfair or, uh, again, capricious. And so I think that particular way to manage having to deal with somebody who wants to exercise power over you in unfair ways is not limited to the United States. So I'm not surprised to see Karen-like behavior, especially around the coronavirus, cropping up around the world. Uh, where people, particularly women, want to exercise their perceived freedom to be free of consequence and not wear a mask, even though it's a public health emergency. How did it evolve from, say, you know, people in your life using the label Miss Anne to being Karen on the internet as we know her now? Um, (laughs) So there are a couple of answers for that. Some people trace the rise of the actual Karen uh, word to a comedy routine by Dane Cook back in the early 2000s, uh, where he said Karen is the worst person. Karen is always a douchebag. Every group has a Karen, and she's always a bag of douche. When she's not around, you just look at each other and go, God, Karen, she's such a douchebag. That seems to have kind of stuck in the collective unconscious. For a moment here in the States, there was a series of viral incidents uh, where black people would label white women who were acting out with a 
a type of alliteration. So barbecue Becky and pool party Patty, all of them <laughs> recognizing people who, uh, for some reason, took it upon themselves to become the watchdog of a public space and not allow black people in. Right? Uh, Karen just seems to uh, have popped again recently because there's an actual subreddit uh, that is uh, called F Karen. I can't say the whole word. Karen seems to have popped recently because. As it bubbled up, a young white woman here in the States decided to say that using the word Karen is just like calling someone the N-word, right? And so that she argued that it was misogynist and uh, racist to identify a white woman simply based on the actions of one particular badly acting white woman. And so Black Twitter, the, the area that I study, had a field day with that. They were like, oh, I guess I can't say the K-word anymore and uh, <laughs> all, all kind of foolishness around that. And so there's something about that that particular phrase right that particular word that seems to have struck a nerve in black twitter when they find people responding to something like that they tend to run with it uh, the internet has an interesting space to play twitter in particular because twitter allows a talk back and a communal space that we really hadn't seen before primarily when incidents with uh, you know, Karen's happen in your locality, say at your local coffee shop or the grocery store. It just was kind of confined to whoever was there at the time and perhaps some word of mouth telling of, can you believe this, right, to your friends or family. But now those incidents can be recorded uh, and shared with the entire world. And so Twitter has played a large part in that, in part because it allows for people who uh, don't necessarily have connections to the original poster to have commentary or add their own spin to it or even make songs about it right and so twitter mm. has been really helpful with that but it happens on facebook and instagram and the like just just twitter has this enormous mind share that leads people to think that it's the place where everything happens so that's where it originated from in the us one of the biggest questions that gets asked about the karen meme is isn't it racist and sexist Professor Rowley Sussex is an expert in language at the University of Queensland. He says, yeah, it is. I think it's arguably racist, sexist and ageist uh, because it's particularly attached to a woman of a certain age, of a certain appearance in America, and it's a kind of stereotype. You know, she, she seems to bring together a whole lot of not very attractive attitudes and uh, they've, they've parceled them all up in one name. So it, it is a nice thing. I think in a sense it could be ageist and so on. It's also very unfair to anyone called Karen because, uh, for example, my name is, my baptismal name is Roland. Uh, everybody calls me Roly. If suddenly someone said, oh, you know, all those Rollies are all the same, they're opinionated, narrow-minded, bigoted, you can't get any sense out of them and they're very unpleasant to be with, I'd feel that someone had intruded on my very personal name and taken something away from me. I don't know, Rolly. I'm a I'm a Janet, and Janet operates in the same way that Karen does, apparently. I'm, I don't really mind it. I'm not too hugely offended at being called a Janet. But I think there would be people who would say that Karen is a way of understanding the complicity of white women in the oppression of minorities, and that's been really important for some communities, and that it doesn't actually limit the way that Karens move through the world. So... Why is it racist or sexist in that sense? Um, yeah, I said it was arguably so because I know some Karens who take extreme exception to being parceled up with all the other Karens like this and they say, I'm an individual, I don't behave like that. And it may be true of some people, 
but I don't want to be part of, if you like, a national stereotype. The other thing that bothers me about this is that it's female, and the previous ones in America, there was a Becky in the 90s who was a very straight-laced sort of person, and before that apparently there was a Miss Anne. That's now, right. Now, we haven't had anything like this in Australia except possibly for Not Happy Jan. But the only Which I'm not about- offended by either, Roll. Just FYI, no. I'm very happy with Not Happy Jan. <laughs> it's, it, it was fun. And the only thing you knew about Jan was that she'd forgotten to put an ad in the yellow pages. <laughs> but this this Karen has got far more problematic, I think, overtones. And the fact is we don't have a male aversion. So that's Rolly Sussex from the University of Queensland. Let's go back to Andre in the US on that point about the use of Karen being sexist or racist and see what he thinks. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's a really hard argument for me to take seriously because uh, the thing about... Uh, calling someone a Karen is it's it's very much in the vein of if the shoe fits, wear it, right? And if it's not referring to you specifically, whether your name is Karen or not, I'm not quite sure how an individual commentary can become a systematic uh, pattern of discrimination. It just doesn't. Calling a white woman a Karen in no way uh, limits her ability to prosper in the world, to gain whatever benefits or rights or permissions that she has to do whatever she was doing. It's just that uh, in the course of being a Karen, uh, if that woman uh, felt as if she her right to exist trumped anybody else's around her. And I think calling that out is not an exercise in racism. But in some ways, uh, this this demand uh, to see things as racism follows colorblind ideology. And I don't know how much of that y'all have there in Australia, but the idea that calling someone a racist is almost as bad as as being a racist. And that's also something I don't uh, give much weight to. It's certainly not the same thing. Right? Identifying racism is a necessary thing and calling someone out for bad behaviour is something that we should all be invested in doing. The other big question in the Karen conversation is why is there no male equivalent of Karen? We put that question to Dr Benjamin Nicol. He's a cultural studies lecturer at Sydney University. And so this is really about, um, to, at the core of it, it's about white um, female um, victimhood. And so this discourse of what it means to wield power um, as a white woman is actually something I think that's um, very similar in a lot of different countries, specifically colonial or settler societies like Australia. So you, you're sort of talking about the, the white woman being in the middle of that power hierarchy. What, why aren't the people who are the victims of that hierarchy sort of tanking on the person at the top with a meme like this, which in the context of this discourse, is the white male. If you go to um, Holocaust research, you know, Nazi history research, and it's all about, you know, this idea of the good white woman being the victim, even as a German white woman, being the victim of the bad, you know, horrible Nazi dictator regime, and always portrayed, or usually was portrayed in film as the bystander, the innocent victim that couldn't help it. And Recently, over the past 10 or so years, you know, the idea of the woman as an active perpetrator has become a lot more prominent in that kind of culture studies, comparative culture studies circle. So it's more about thinking about how active women are in history and mm. how actually that, no, no, it's not just a good thing, but it also looks at the good and the bad and, and all of it at the same time. So, so it's a specific examination be- of the role of women in a much broader power structure, and that's why it focuses on women. Yeah. So I think it's really just, you know, also um, thinking about more broadly about how to think about women in history and how to um, think about women along with race and thinking al- along with, with power in societies. And when you said, you know, why aren't they punching up against the, the person at the top? And I think it's because it's this systemic thing about 
who are the people at the top? So is it more like a more diverse picture than just saying it's a white person or white man at the top? So there you go. It's amazing how deep this conversation goes, isn't it? Just from using a, a label like Karen, it crosses so many different cultural contexts, different countries, different mediums. Yeah, and it's obviously, it's very clearly a meme that focuses on women and the role of women. White women in particular. And the role of white women and where they sort of sit in hierarchies of power, right? So, of course, there's going to be no male equivalent because it's focusing on women. Well, yeah, and there, there are other ways that we debate the role of men in society. I mean, there's a whole movement called feminism that does that. Never heard of it. <laughs> Sorry. But if there was a male name that we could use as a meme mm. in the same way, what would it be? Mm. Bruce? Tom. <laughs> oh, dear. Maybe let's stay away from that name, shall we? Bruce, let's go Bruce. Um, thank you so much for listening, especially if your name is Karen. Yes, or Janet, or Susan, or Linda, or look, any name, really. And make sure to hit us up on social media. We're all over Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, possibly LinkedIn as well. Slide into our DMs. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, send us a pic of wherever it is that you're listening to the potty. Yeah, chuck up an Insta story, tag us, share us with your friends. Tell them how much you love the briefing. Yeah, do the PR for us, guys. And have a great weekend. A podcast one production.